Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, uh, you're listening to God's Whole Story, and it's Chelsea, and I'm here with Chris, and happy January 3rd. January 3rd. It is November, what's today? (laughs) What is Uh, actually today? November 22nd? Yes, that sounds right. And I cannot think about January 3rd right now, but I'm sure <laughs> we'll make it's it coming. <laughs> it's well, coming. Well, and congratulations if your New Year's resolution was to go through the Bible in a year and yes. you're still on tr- track in January 3rd. Yeah, and extra gold stars if you get through Leviticus. <laughs> yes, yes. We'll see you there. <laughs> it is well worth the journey. It is. <laughs> don't um, miss Leviticus Lots Ball. Don't. All right. <laughs> you are really missing out if you miss it. Uh, we are in Genesis 7, and the famous flood happens. The flannel graph of flannel graphs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, what do we want to talk about the flood? Hmm. Well, I mean, we're all very familiar with the story. Um, I was kind of laughing because it says that Noah was 600 years old when the flood covered the earth. And then later on it says, now Noah was Noah was now 601 years old. I wonder how much older he felt. I wonder if he felt a year older or if he felt like 500 years older. Yes, I'm sure he did. It was probably one of those years <laughs> yes. that felt like a lot of years. Um, you know, this maybe, This was the original lockdown. The original lockdown. Yes. Oh, man. For those of you who remember the lockdown of 2020. How <laughs> could we forget? <laughs> this was the original lockdown. Oh, my word. You're really like, it's like being stuck on an island. You're stuck on a boat. Yeah, with your family, with and a all lot the of animals. comes and a lot of animals. And all the stuff that animals do and <laughs> smells they have. Yeah, this was probably. You probably know, the wor- worst lockdown, honestly. <laughs> I think we romanticize life on the ark. Mm. You know, just yeah, ugh, the ocean breeze. Smelly. The animals are just whatever sounds animals make that are content <laughs> sounds or trying to think of an animal Braying. sound word. cooing or I don't know. Yes. Have you ever been to the, um, is it Ken Ham that does the arc? I think it is. And I have not been there. I've never been there either. I think the, um, it would be cool to see, see the sheer size of it. Yeah. I would like to see that um, too. That would be interesting. Just like if you go to a tabernacle replica, it's mm-hmm. kind of cool to see the way it was laid out, but yeah. I have not been there. Family vacation, Chelsea? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Kids, if you sin too much, you might have to go in the ark. <laughs> Typical Christian family vacation. <laughs> Guys, we're going to Noah's Ark. <laughs> we're going to hit the Creation Museum. <clears throat> I'm not making fun of that because I actually think that would be really cool to do that. <laughs> um, okay, so Noah's on the ark. And uh, I mean, what is there to say about this that hasn't already been said? <laughs> I yeah I agree I mean really as the the waters start to recede uh, really the next significant thing is the promise that God makes to Noah saying I will never do this again mm-hmm. uh, and we do have this promise in Genesis 3 that that he will come this is kind of the next big promise that we see we would actually probably call this our first covenant mm-hmm. yeah how would we call this covenant Chelsea Noahic, the yes. Noahic covenant. Oh, just in our pre-discussion, I my tongue was unable to say that <laughs> word, and so uh, I Noahic. just Noahic. Noahic. Okay, it just would not roll off my tongue. <laughs> Basically, it's simply a promise that God gives to Noah and to I think really humanity mm-hmm. that He will never again wipe out 
the entirety of humanity and the animals again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then what happens next, Chris? <laughs> well, there is something interesting that happens next. But before we get to the bad news, oh, okay. let, let's talk about how how is this imagery of a few people being rescued? How, is this referred to again in scripture? Is this something that we see referred to as like a picture of salvation, a picture of rescue? What do you think? Justin? Feels like a leading question. <laughs> it is a very leading question. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely references to Noah throughout uh, the Bible, throughout the Old Testament, New Testament, and I mean, there's there's baptism. We've talked about that before we started recording. It. There's kind of a, a typology of baptism and um, coming up out of the water, mm-hmm. being or, saved from the water. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in many ways, uh, this is a, a picture of salvation uh, that Noah and his family, a few faithful ones, they were saved from the destruction that came upon sin and the death that occurred. Uh, and it's it's used often as a reminder of how God rescued the few and the faithful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see that happening again and again, that even when... See it in Revelation. We do. When life <laughs> gets seemingly out of control when it seems like evil is going to win uh god still has his eye on those who are faithful and Mm -hmm. provides a rescue whether on earth or eventually in eternity i just think about noah on the ark he had like no choice but to be faithful to god he's like well here i am i can go for a swim if i don't want to be faithful but (laughs) you can pull a jonah and just dive in the water (laughs) yeah maybe yeah maybe it could have got rescued by a by a fish and vomited back up on the ark who knows No, his wife is like, you again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just disclaimer that it is not in scripture. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. So what did Noah do after he gets off the ark, gets a promise from God that he will never do it again, an incredible act of grace that God rescues him, gives him this gift of life and getting to start over. And the very next story that we have about Noah late in chapter 18 in, or chapter 9 into chapter 10 is that Noah planted a vineyard. And he drank some of the wine that he had made, and he became drunk and lay naked inside his tent. Gross. <laughs> Noah, 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 Noah. I, you brought this up before we started recording, and it's it's good to note that this theme of being incredibly rescued and falling back into sin happens over and over mm-hmm. again. It didn't stop with the Bible. It's still happening today. I mean, yep. uh, we will we will never see a perfect person in the Bible. Um, we see that with David. We see that with Abraham. We see that. Yeah. My favorite, Daniel. <laughs> we don't see that with him. <laughs> we don't see a sin, but we know he wasn't perfect. I'm sure he sinned. Um, but it's just a it's just a reminder that the better, best person is mm-hmm. coming, and that's Jesus. Yeah. And uh, it is kind of an interesting thing here. Like, just even just if you follow along in Genesis, every time God gives a promise, every time God does, like, a miraculous deliverance, it is very interesting. Look at the very next thing that the one he does that t- to what they do. Uh, we're going to see that with Abraham. You're going to see that with Jacob. You're going to see that with uh, so many of these people that it's this repeated contrast of God gives grace, people sin. Mm-hmm. And of course, our response to grace isn't supposed to be sin. We want to live faithfully, but I think it does give us hope that even some of the best people, sometimes they respond poorly and our desire should be that we try to respond well to mm-hmm. the gift that we're given. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, it's, it's bad enough that Noah got drunk. Uh, some people actually even think there was some far more scandalous things happen here because you, you see 
that his son is punished very severely for just seeing his father naked, which sounds a little odd. I mean, obviously, this would have been a shameful thing. He was the, being the patriarch of the family. Noah would have been high and esteemed. But there are some that think there there may have been more than just seeing naked. That there there actually could have been some inappropriate behavior, mm-hmm. be, uh, something that his son did to Noah while he was drunk, and that's why he was punished so foully and so severely. Either way, the response of Noah, whether it's getting drunk or whether it's having inappropriate things done to him while he was drunk, mm-hmm. uh, that is not something that is the response that you should get when God says, I'm never going to do this again. Right. Um, <laughs> Noah, yeah. Noah, Noah, Noah. Noah, Noah, Um, Can we talk about the curse of uh, Ham? Yes. And what it doesn't mean? What it doesn't mean. <laughs> there have been... Uh, Things, there's been some things that have been said throughout the centuries that said basically that what this curse means. There's actually people that said certain races or certain ethnicities can be traced back to Ham and they're actually cursed. Mm-hmm. Um, it That is not something that's really clear. It's not something that can be proven. And it's certainly nowhere in scripture does it say that a people group or a ethnicity or a uh, skin color is cursed Mm -hmm. this was upon ham uh and his for for his sin uh and it's been used inappropriately in a lot of different ways Mm -hmm. yeah do you have anything you want to add no it's just never to (laughs) i just caution people (laughs) to use discernment when you hear things like that and like and think let me actually go read my bible and see if that's true um because a lot of things in scripture are twisted to make people feel and be mm-hmm. treated less than. And there have been things used, scripture used to, I mean, promote genocides, yeah. to promote apartheid in South Africa. Uh, mm-hmm. There's, you can inappropriately apply scripture. Uh, again, the text, as Ryan is famous for saying, the text cannot <laughs> mean to you what it did not mean to them. Yeah. It would not have been a foundation for why we could put certain people into slavery and other people not. There was no way that the original people would have seen that. Mm -hmm. I think something else, uh, just as you're listening or reading along, it goes into uh, genealogies here. And uh, while genealogies sound boring, um, I think it is interesting to kind of make note of like pick out the names that sound familiar to you. Mm-hmm. There's going to be Amorites. There's going to be Hittites. And we're going to run into these people again. The Israelites are going to come in contact with them. And it's going to be uh, some good experiences, some bad experiences. And it's always interesting to trace it back to, okay, who's this person um, that was the father or the patriarch of this mm-hmm. people? And all of these, like it's in the context of these are the people that then repopulated the earth mm-hmm. after the flood. There's even some historical figures in here, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um Nimrod's in here. Nimrod is a pretty well-known, respected in outside of biblical scholars, just historians as being uh, a hunter, being someone who dealt with iron. Yeah. Like, uh, he's a historical figure, and, and he shows up in here, which just when we see those little things, we, we just have even greater trust that God's Word is true. Yeah, definitely. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us today on God's Whole Story, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Genesis 7, 1. When everything was ready, the Lord said to Noah, Go into the boat with all your family, for among all the people of the earth I can see that you alone are righteous. Take with you seven pairs, male and female, of each animal I have approved for eating and for sacrifice, and take one pair of each of the others. 
And also take seven pairs of every kind of bird. There must be a male and a female in each pair to ensure that all life will survive on the earth after the flood. Seven days from now, I will make the rains pour down on the earth, and it will rain for 40 days and 40 nights until I have wiped from the earth all the living things I have created. So Noah did everything as the Lord commanded him. Noah was 600 years old when the flood covered the earth. He went on board the boat to escape the flood, he and his wife and his sons and their wives. With them were all the various kinds of animals, those approved for eating and for sacrifice and those that were not, along with all the birds and the small animals that scurry along the ground. They entered the boat in pairs, male and female, just as God had commanded Noah. After seven days, the waters of the flood came and covered the earth. When Noah was 600 years old, on the 17th day of the second month, all the underground waters erupted from the earth, and the rain fell in mighty torrents from the sky. The rain continued to fall for 40 days and 40 nights. That very day, Noah had gone into the boat with his wife and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their wives. With them in the boat were pairs of every kind of animal, domestic and wild, large and small, along with the birds of every kind. Two by two they came into the boat, representing every living thing that breathes. A male and female of each kind entered, just as God commanded Noah. Then the Lord closed the door behind them. For forty days the floodwaters grew deeper, covering the ground and lifting the boat high above the earth. As the waters rose higher and higher above the ground, the boat floated safely on the surface. Finally, the water covered even the highest mountains on the earth, rising more than twenty-two feet above the highest peaks. All the living things on earth died. Birds, domestic animals, wild animals, small animals that scurry along the ground, and all the people everything that had breath and lived on dry land died. God wiped out every living thing on the earth, people, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, and the birds of the sky. All were destroyed. The only people who survived were Noah and those with him in the boat, and the flood waters covered the earth for 150 days. But God remembered Noah and all the animals and livestock with him on the boat. He sent a wind to blow across the earth, and the flood waters began to recede. The underground waters stopped flowing, and the torrential rains from the sky were stopped. So the flood water waters gradually receded from the earth. After 150 days, exactly five months from the time the flood began, the boat came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. Two and a half months later, as the waters continued to go down, other mountain peaks became visible. After another 40 days, Noah opened the window he had made in the boat and released a raven. The bird flew back and forth until the flood waters on the earth had dried up. He also released a dove to see if the water had receded and it could find dry ground. But the dove could find no place to land because the water still covered the ground. So it returned to the boat and Noah held out his hand and drew the dove back inside. After waiting another seven days, Noah released the dove again. This time the dove returned to him in the evening with a fresh olive leaf in its beak. Then Noah knew that the flood waters were almost gone. He waited another seven days and released a dove again. This time it did not come back. Now Noah was 601 years old. On the first day of the new year, ten and a half months after the flood began, the flood waters had almost dried up from the earth. Noah lifted back the covering of the boat and saw that the surface of the ground was drying. Two more months went by, and at last the earth was dry. Then God said to Noah, Leave the boat all of you, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Release all the animals, the birds, the livestock, and the small animals that scurry along the ground so they can be fruitful and multiply throughout the earth.
So Noah and his wife and his sons and their wives left the boat, and all the large and small animals and birds came out of the boat pair by pair. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and there he sacrificed a burnt offering, the animals and birds that had been approved for that purpose. And the Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice and said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of the human race, even though everything they think or imagine is bent toward evil from childhood. I will never again destroy all living things. As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. Then God blessed Noah and his sons and told them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. All the animals of the earth, all the birds of the sky, all the small animals that scurry along the ground, and all the fish in the sea will look on you with fear and terror. I have placed them in your power. I have given them to you for food, just as I have given you grain and vegetables. But you must never eat any meat that still has the lifeblood in it. And I will require the blood of anyone who takes another person's life. If a wild animal kills a person, it must die. And anyone who murders a fellow human must die. If anyone takes a human life, that person's life will also be taken by human hands. For God made human beings in his own image. Now be fruitful and multiply and repopulate the earth. Then God told Noah and his sons, I hereby confirm my covenant with you and your descendants and with all the animals that were on the boat with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, every living creature on earth. Yes, I'm confirming my covenant with you. Never again will floodwaters kill all living creatures. Never again will a flood destroy the earth. Then God said, I am giving you a sign of my covenant with you and with all living creatures for all generations to come. I have placed my rainbow in the clouds. It is the sign of my covenant with you and with all the earth. When I send clouds over the earth, the rainbow will appear in the clouds, and I will remember my covenant with you and with all living creatures. Never again will floodwaters destroy all life. When I see the rainbow in the clouds, I will remember the eternal covenant between God and every living creature on earth. Then God said to Noah, Yes, this rainbow is the sign of the covenant I am confirming with all the creatures on earth. The sons of Noah who came out of the boat with their father were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham is the father of Canaan. From these sons of Noah came all the people who now populate the earth. After the flood, Noah began to cultivate the ground, and he planted a vineyard. One day he drank some wine he had made, and he became drunk and lay naked inside his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw that his father was naked and went outside and told his brothers. Then Shem and Japheth took a robe and held it over their shoulders and backed into the tent to cover their father. As they did this, they looked the other way so they would not see him naked. When Noah woke up from his stupor, he learned what Ham, his youngest son, had done. Then he cursed Canaan, the son of Ham. May Canaan be cursed. May he be the lowest of servants to his relatives. Then Noah said, May the Lord, the God of Shem, be blessed, and may Canaan be his servant. May God expand the, ger- the territory of Japheth. May Japheth share the prosperity of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. Noah lived another 350 years after the great flood. He lived 950 years, and then he died. This is the account of the families of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, the three sons of Noah. Many children were born to them after the great flood. The descendants of Japheth were Gomer, Magog, Madai, Javan, Tubal, Meshech, and Tyrus. The descendants of Gomer were Ashkenaz, Riphath, and Gophermah. The descendants of Javan were Elishash, Tarshish, Chetam, Rodanam. Their descendants became the seafaring peoples that spread out to various lands, each identified by its own language, clan, and national identity. The descendants of Ham were Cush, Mizraim, Put, and Canaan. 
The descendants of Cush were Seba, Tavala, Sabta, Rama, and Saptika. The descendants of Rama were Sheba and Dadan. Cush was also the ancestor of Nimrod, who was the first heroic warrior on earth. Since he was the greatest hunter in the world, his name became proverbial. People would say this man is like Nimrod, the greatest hunter in the world. He built his kingdom in the land of Babylonia with the cities of Babylon, Erech, Akkad, and Kana. From there, he expanded his territory to Assyria, building the cities of Nineveh, Rehoboth-ur, Kala, and Resin, the great city located between Nineveh and Kala. Mizraim was the ancestor of the Ludites, Anamites, Lahabites, Naphtahites, Pathersites, Kassalites, and the Kaphtarites, from whom the Philistines came. Canaan's oldest son was Sidon, the ancestor of the Sidonians. Canaan was also the ancestor of the Hittites, the Jebusites, Amorites, Girgashites, Hivites, Arkites, Sinites, Arvadites, Zamorites, and Hamathites. The Canaanite clans eventually spread out, and the territory of Canaan extended from Sidon in the north to Gerar and Gaza in the south, and east as far as Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, and Zibaram, near Lasha. First Chronicles 1, 8 through 16. The descendants of Ham were Cush, Mizram, Put, and Canaan. The descendants of Cush were Seba, Havilah, Sabta, Rama, and Saptika. The descendants of Rama were Sheba and Dadan. Cush was also the ancestor of Nimrod, who was the first heroic warrior on earth. Mizraim was the ancestor of the Ludites, Anamites, Lahabites, Naphtahites, Pathrasites, Kassalites, and the Kaphtarites, from whom the Philistines came. Canaan's oldest son was Sidon, the ancestor of the Sidonians. Canaan was also the ancestor of the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, Girgashites, Hivites, Archites, Sinites, Arvadites, Zemorites, and Hathites. The descendants of Shem were Elam, Asher, Arphasad, Lud, and Aram. The descendants of Aram were Uz, Hul, Gether, and Mash. Arphasad was the father of Shelah. Shelah was the father of Eber. Eber had two sons. The first was named Peleg, which means division. During his lifetime, the people of the world were divided into different language groups. His brother's name was Joktan. Joktan was the ancestor of Alamadad, Sheleph, Hazarmathab, Jera, Hadaram, Uzal, Dikla, Abal, Abimiel, Sheba, Ophir, Havilah, and Jobab. All these were descendants of Joktan. Genesis 10, 21-30. These were the descendants of Ham, identified by clan, language, territory, and national identity. Sons were also born to Shem, the older brother of Japheth. Shem was the ancestor of all the descendants of Eber. The descendants of Shem were Elam, Asher, Arphaxad, Lud, and Aram. The descendants of Aram were Uz, Hul, Gether, and Mash. Arphaxad was the father of Shelah, and Shelah was the father of Eber. Eber had two sons. The first was named Peleg, which means division. For during his lifetime, the people of the world were divided into different language groups. His brother's name was Joktan. Joktan was the ancestor of Alamadad, Shelah, Hazamrathab, Jera, Hadaram, Uzal, Diklal, Obal, Abimiel, Sheba, Ophir, Havilah, and Jobab, all these descendants, all of these descendants of Joktan. The territory they occupied extended from Mesha all the way to Sephar in the eastern mountains. 
These are the descendants of Shem, identified by clan, language, territory, and national identity. These are the clans that descended from Noah's sons, arranging by nation according to their, to their lines of descent. All the nations of the earth descended from these clans after the Great Flood. Hey everyone, we hope you're enjoying God's whole story as much as we are. If you like this podcast, go ahead and give us a five-star review. It helps us get God's word out to other people. Also, be sure to follow God's Whole Story podcast on Facebook and Instagram, where you can ask questions, learn more, and connect with myself, Ryan, and Chris. Thanks for listening.